And I think that the question is like, who do these taboos benefit? Um, you know, is talking about what people are making in their job, is that something that benefits people or is that what benefits sort of corporations? <laughs> That was Alexis from our Insights team. I'm Nisha Ashra from Mindshare and I'm your host for Provocation with Purpose. It's our podcast where we talk about emerging techs, changing trends and the impact that these have on our day-to-day lives. So today we're talking about taboos and our topic is toppling taboos. The changes in societal norms have made us much more comfortable talking about what were once taboos like menstruation and mental disorders and even death. Hi Alexis. Hi. So firstly, tell me what taboo was your once taboo topic that you're all for talking about right now? I definitely think, uh, and this comes from like a friend's thing or like personal care update, (laughs) where it's like the whole idea of sort of um, like you talked about menstruation and like having them show like ads now where it is like you show the blood. And I think just sort of like, bodies in general as it relates to like the body positivity movement I think all of that is great and have people talk about like everyone has bodies like blood is blood like it doesn't need to be gross or hidden or taboo or stigmatized um I think all of that is great that um it's sort of you know coming out and you know people are sort of shy to talk about it now and you know we're humans we have body hair we have um we have blood we you know all of that things interesting i think mine is mental health um particularly in recent months i i've never been someone who is uh, who suffers from anxiety generally but during covid and it's it's something that people have become less afraid to talk about and i and i found for me personally you know not to knock anyone else's experience but i found comfort that there were so many other people living through the same experience what i was and it was and everyone was so open to talking about it but i think because i have never experienced that level of anxiety that i did have during that it's definitely like opened my eyes to being more open and talking about it because there are always like other people who have who are experiencing the same as you so that yeah that was definitely something for me for sure um so who who do you think is deciding what is considered a taboo these days i mean i think it's sort of society at large i guess i don't know that sounds a little pat i mean like where taboos came from you know they're the prohibition of certain topics and you know they are really used to create societal norms and regulate our behavior and um you know the strength of them really does come from the collective you know of everyone and so i think probably the internet is you know the the place where you see a lot of those things a lot of the changes where they started changing from um and i think it's sort of moved into different areas but you know the church isn't as important um you know as it once was in sort of governing people's lives i mean i think you could say the same thing with our government and the sort of sense of distrust that you see from a lot of people on both sides of the aisle um so i think it really is coming from the people and really sort of being being brought about online and sort of 
saying like why why are we hiding these conversations you know who who is that helping and i think there's a lot of people questioning those those reasons and saying like what what value is this bringing to me in hiding conversations around like mental health for example you know i don't know if that's you know bringing me a sense of value versus having again open and honest conversations about it and hearing what other people are going through and understanding things that i might be going through and be like maybe i should talk to someone about that and you know, maybe you can talk to people about it online, but then maybe it opens up the idea that maybe like you need to go to therapy or something and you never would have thought that or would have been hidden or it wouldn't have been this accepted thing. But, you know, by it sort of coming out and, you know, having people question, you know, why why are these things taboos? Why are these things stigmas? You know, um, we want society to continue to progress. Like, why do we have to have this thing sort of like hidden under the rug as something, you know, we don't talk about? So you see a lot of these newer generations really sort of question the use of, um, you know, these different social boundaries. I think self-expression and the younger generation for me of what I'm seeing is is definitely that that you know people are wanting those authentic conversations and they care and they're caring less about what other people think as well. Um, what are some of the topics that you know we we talked about uh, personal care and like mental health, but what other topics do you think generally when especially in like the younger generation when we talk about like how self expression has become such like a, a big prompt in this trend? Um, what other topics are we seeing that people are more open to talking about? Yeah, I mean, I think body positivity, um, mental health, a lot of those are some of the, the bigger topics, especially among the sort of like younger generation. I mean, I think things like what were taboos like around um, like swearing or, you know, curse words, like having tattoos, um, you know, bigger things like uh, death or homosexuality, um, a lot of that sort of holding less sort of influence and you know when people people do yearn for our authenticity and people do yearn for that and you know with a lot of taboos like maybe you're obscuring like true meaning or intention behind sort of these innuendos or euphemisms that make it harder to communicate um um so i think a lot of people see you know the real value in being able to you know break down these barriers and remove stigmas that you know might hinder progress or hurt people in sort of affected groups um so i think you know the there's like the Me Too movement, I think, has been a massive one over the last, you know, couple of years where it's really helped empower people to engage in these frank and open dialogues about these issues um, and saying, like, I'm not going to hide behind these things. I'm not going to, you know, hold a sense of shame about it, like put it, you know, out in the open and have these honest, open discussions. I personally love that the Internet has helped break down these barriers of, of what people previously would find difficult to have these conversations about. And, you know, we talk a lot about it already, but social media does help and, and aid that. And I I see that that has what's helped being able to be more open about this. What other factors do you think have come into play beyond technology that has helped people be more expressive and be more open to talking about these taboos? I mean, I think there's other areas. I think 
I think technology, again, it's a platform to open up these things. So, you know, if we think about the sort of like taboos that we have around like finance, um, you know, and talking about what people earn, you know, and talking about salary. And, you know, I think we've really seen the rise of platforms like Glassdoor or LinkedIn can help people by accessing information sort of anonymously. And, you know, again, I think that the question is like, who who do these taboos benefit? Um, you know, is talking about what people are making in their job, is that something that benefits people or is that what benefits sort of corporations? Um, and I think it's sort of a part where, you know, it gives, it allows people to find people sort of in other sort of like or similar situations where they're able to um, to benefit from the sort of like breakdown of these different barriers. Um, I think in sort of non-technology real life, again, I think if we look at, uh, you know, a lot of it sort of stems from that being able to have these sort of anonymized open conversations, but I think it definitely sort of rolls over into, into real life, whether that is again, you know, more of a comfort of being able to have conversations with your family about, you know, mental health and what you're experiencing. I think when we look at taboos and, and what's happening in, in whether that's in content TV shows, we're seeing social media. I think there's a lot of it where it's perhaps comes from a place of curiosity as well. Like people are seeking more information about things that, you know, perhaps they didn't know about or they would try, they, they want to learn about or, you know, if if you I don't know if you grew up in in a household where a certain topic was a taboo, but in another household it wasn't, and you you're just not as informed on that. I think you know, TV shows and and it, I I feel like it comes from a place of curiosity as well, and being able to seek out those content and being able to to do it on your own as well. Like you don't have to talk about these out loud but being able to easily find information on the internet or on social media, I think has been a really good thing that I've seen out of this. Yeah, and I think, you know, even if we don't sort of like engage in taboos and sort of understanding it, we definitely still experiencing, we still experience it through media and like we have, and I think you can probably track, you know, some of, the taboos and like different times of their life like in the 60s you had a lot of the obscenities laws about like cursing and stuff like that and people being you know uh, detained and i think there is sometimes with some of the toppling taboos like yes it is a definite place where it can open up these important conversations and people can sort of be more open and honest and not feel like they have to hide things but i think it's also there is some sort of shock value a little bit there in terms of you know the the entertainment and the sort of experiencing it and maybe like a safe way where it's not something that you're experiencing it but you're sort of like understanding it um yeah. i mean Freud speculated that there were only two universal taboos, uh, incest and patricide, um, which are definitely two of the biggest themes to one of the biggest shows, you know, in the, I don't know, ever, uh, but Game of Thrones, you know, like that is sort of central to some of that. And it, it was shocking, you know, but I think sort of 
you know, being able to watch it and experience it, you know, it allows readers to partake from a sort of safe distance. I mean, I think if you look at um, whether it's, you know, novels or podcasts, like true crime is one of the most popular genres. And uh, I think, you know, it, it allows people to sort of experience things from a bit of a distance, even if they don't think, you know, it's relevant to their life. It is, you know, it's something that they can, yeah, experience from a distance. I'm a massive true crime fan i love anything that is about like mysteries and murders it's definitely my thing podcasts mostly yeah well there was one interesting thing i read it was a, a couple of years ago i think in the atlantic talking about um talking about the popularity and sort of why especially women are so sort of interested in true crime and one of the interesting things from that that the article, I think, I don't know, it's maybe a, a, a sociologist, or I, I can't remember who was talking about it in the article, but they were basically saying that it gives you a chance to process some emotions and be in a place where a storyline has a conclusion where you don't kind of get that sense of control in real life, you know, whether that is, you know, something around, you know, sexual harassment or something like that a lot of things in real life are sort of left unresolved um where sort of true crime or you know a lot of these really you know violence against women novels and stuff like that that are so incredibly popular um is it it gives people a sense of like they experience it through the reading of it and generally maybe less so in true crime but in a lot of like the novels around it like it gives people a sense of not closure but like they do get an ending that they don't necessarily get in sort of real life i feel like the all of these factors have such a huge role to play or 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 have have a factor in one what what topics are considered taboos but also how people are talking about them now and if they're still talking about them and what you said like how you're observing it from a safe distance and whether that comes from a place of learning or wanting to engage in a conversation as well. Yeah, I mean, I think with taboos, it's like, you know, they really were put in place to protect and regulate our behavior. Um, And I, I think younger generations always have the sense of, you know, well, why? You know, there's that questioning of like, you know, again what harm is this causing you know um i think when you do look at you know a lot of families like you do see that but like if people hold things in and don't talk about things that are issues or that are important to them like that's not healthy (laughs) you know how are you know we gonna like progress and and learn and sort of um move on from there so i think you do always see sort of younger generations you know causing and say like you know why is this a thing i i don't understand like why can't we talk about it like who says so (laughs) um and sort of always sort of like pushing pushing back against that and again it's i you know i think some of the question is like you know who or what is it benefiting i think the same with religion like how how do you think um like changes in religion has impacted our willingness to self-express. I, I always feel like religion is is some is a taboo topic in a lot of, in a lot of like for a lot of households and a lot of people as well. Yeah, I mean, I think for religion, a lot of it, it it's maybe it's taboo because it it can just be so 
deeply personal to people. But again, you know, a lot of taboos are sort of meant to protect and regulate, uh, as I said, and it's, you know, it's for many reasons, you know, maybe it is a sort of, you know, a cohesion with the group and, you know, that you're, you know, you're part of the in-group or, you know, maybe it is more sort of like spiritual or morally led. Um, I think, you know, there's been a lot of breakdowns in terms of religion and, you know, what people are seeing, whether it's some of the, like, the scandals with it. So I think people are a bit wary about talking about maybe their own religion because they feel people don't have sort of positive views on it. And, you know, again, I think it is something that is so deeply personal to people that um, I think some people probably have a, have a bit harder time discussing it. And I think, you know, some people probably have issues with, you know, portions of the religion and, again, some of the the moral codes that they talk about and having that be, you know, an, an antithesis to, like, how they want to live their lives. Like, I think especially if you look at, like, homosexuality and stuff and how, you know, many religions, you know, don't have that positive view on it. But um, so I, I think it, it can be hard. How do we break these stigmas? Like, how do we continue to break these barriers down like what 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 needs to happen you know it's it's finding you know platforms in different areas and i mean i think unfortunately a lot of it does probably come from from really bad things happening that you know really sort of bring it bring topics to light i think if you look at again you know me too in the sort of dialogue that comes from it like that came from a really bad place uh, in terms of you know what was happening to women but you know by it being this bad thing but then having the conversation out in the open more people can talk about it we can talk about the effect of it on women on men uh on society in general and you know what sort of negative influence it's it's having for people um and i think probably similar to to what's been happening you know over the summer you know following the unfortunate you know deaths of people like george floyd and brianna taylor and amon aubrey like really unfortunate terrible things that had to happen to really sort of push these conversations up and say like we aren't gonna hide this anymore we are gonna have these you know frank open conversations and say you know we reject this and we need to sort of force changes whether that is through putting pressure on our elected officials to change laws, to offer up protections, to uh, remove the sort of systemic racism or the systemic patriarchy or, you know, these systemic issues that are sort of like holding, holding people down and people back. So, you know, but I think platforms like the internet and social media have the power to connect people and to to bring people behind a cause and to again you know open up a space for people to have conversations and open up a space for people to find different ways where you can create some sort of action what role do you think like brands should be playing in this as well because we talk about social media but you know a lot of content that we see uh, we've we've talked about you know books and films and tv shows but a lot of content people are seeing is from advertisers 
what role do you think they have to play in this? Do they have a role to play in this? I definitely think they have a role to play. I mean, again, if we look at there's advertising taboos, you know, whether it, you know, again, that sort of stemmed from a sort of different era. Um, like, again, if we talk about, you know, sort of that personal care, you know, menstruation and like using red liquid in period commercials, like that was um, taboo for a really long time. And, you know, people were flagged as it being things like indecent, like how is something that half the population experiences indecent um who's and you know who's the one that's sort of deciding things and i think you see things a lot of time a lot of the changes from like startup brands um who can really sort of help pave the way for some of the like larger brands um again you know whether it's like the lolas or things who are really sort of you know sort of like pushing pushing the advertising taboos and then you see brands like you know uh, you by Kotex, which is owned by KC, like using now red liquid versus blue liquid. Like, you know, again, you know, what's the benefit of showing a blue liquid, you know? <laughs> it, you know, and I think you see that it's a place where brands can sort of use taboos and uh, in their ads and sort of push different things and push different topics. Um, you know, we see that people are putting ads on pornography sites. Obviously, there are so many, you know, indecency laws that have been on the books and in terms of, you know, what's uh, obscene and, you know, stuff, stuff like that. And but now brands are openness like, OK, so it's porn, <laughs> you know, people, you know, porn has been on the cutting edge of technology since it's in it, since its inception. Um, and I think people are just getting to be a little bit more okay with it i think it's a bit like the more voices that you can get behind that and and brands that can get behind that i think is where we can see genuine change in topics that are not taboos anymore oh definitely i mean i think representation is huge especially for you know more marginalized communities and being able to see themselves represented in you know a positive uplifting light i think is so important you know for you know little girls or little boys to see these images and say like that person looks like me or that person is going through something like me or you know just having that oh it's like me i think is is incredibly powerful and i think you know dove is a sort of great example with like what they're doing with like the crown act in terms of they they are pushing that into the senate and causing real real change and hopefully you know it'll be you know passed through and you won't see the discrimination on hair like which again you know you just sort of say that and it just it feels so ridiculous but obviously like you know hair is a really important part of social justice movements and it has been since you know the 70s and 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 that and i think you know it's really good with what they're doing in terms of what what they're pushing forward and how they're able to give it a platform and use their use their scale as a such a far-reaching brand to um to be able to push and you know affect change do you think there are times that it could be detrimental and whether whether that's to brands or content creators or whoever i think it's hard because sometimes when you 
put things out. People don't always understand some of the, the cultural nuances and the sort of you know, once you release any sort of art or piece of content or stuff like that, like, it's not owned by you anymore, you know? People people sort of take of it sort of what they will and can sort of take things. Like, I, I don't know too much about it, but uh, this has sort of made me think about, um, there was a movie that came out in on Netflix in France called Cuties that has a lot to do about, like... The sexualization of children which again it's a it's a really tough topic and i think people are watching it and they're like is this child pornography like what are you putting out and like i think you know the the message of the director got sort of somehow lost in translation and i think that that can kind of be the 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 barrier that the the intention behind you as a creator you as a you know a director or writer or whatever can cannot always be put out in the right way and i think sometimes you have to to frame it um because otherwise i think people can take it and sort of put it in a way that it, it wasn't originally meant to be yeah uh, do you know what another example of that is um adele recently posted a picture uh, when it would have been Notting Hill Carnival in the UK and um, black community in the US primarily were really offended by it and they were just they were disgusted at the fact that she had um, put her hair in a certain way but in the UK because it's it's a very different culture and it comes from a very different place everyone was like no like this is okay we love her for doing it she's like she's for us she's behind us so if we were going to come out of this with like you know one big takeaway what would be what do we need to take away from all of this i think that to your point you know we have to understand sort of what are the taboos and that different groups and different consumers are dealing with unique ones and you know have different views of how those topics can be sort of stigmatized so i think another important part is sort of understanding which ones are sort of losing relevance and what ones are sort of gaining momentum uh in society and i think understanding what's the sort of point of the taboo and what what barriers need breaking down to help us sort of um progress um you know and you know what you know why are they in place and you know what's what are they potentially holding us back from and what can we actually benefit from if we start sort of breaking down uh some of these taboos so do you think taboos are dead no i don't think taboos are dead um i think they still have a place in society and you know they maybe tell us where new boundaries are you know we see as older taboos sort of fall away we see sort of new ones uh you know taking their place um uh you know older institutions are replaced uh by like twitter or something and you know now they can sort of dictate you know what it is and sort of what's not allowed to broadcast and we see things like uh racism or bigotry and homophobia that were once widely accepted but now thanks to changing you know norms like 
you know, that have made them taboo. You know, we see things that are maybe shot down. You know, I think, you know, it, it brings to light things like, you know, like what you're just talking about with like cultural appropriation and have, being able to have these sort of conversations about it. Um, and But we also see things that like, you know, the wellness or the green movement have really rendered some behaviors that were sort of once commonplace more taboos, like smoking indoors or littering outside. Um, so I, I, I don't think they're dead. I think they're changing and I think they'll continue to yeah. change as each new sort of generation comes up and sort of pushes on the generations that preceded them. Yeah. And I think that just learning the, the reason that they're evolving rather than dying, I guess, is just that we're, we're open to learning. We want to know about these things. We want to know what other people are experiencing. We want to hear what is going on. And and some people are driving conversations and some people are quite happy just to consume and and watch and, and be that at that safe distance too. So as Alexis said, doesn't mean that all taboos are dead. They're just evolving. Taboos will continue to help us set new social norms and regulate our behavior. So that's it for this episode of Provocation with Purpose. It's the podcast where we talk about pushing the boundaries and reimagining potential fates of media and what it means for us. Subscribe and stay tuned for more from Team Mindshare. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Mindshare underscore USA. Mm-hmm.